rooted centuries-old prejudices about the nature of reality and what can, in principle, be known for certain about the universe. The theory also proved to be of enormous utility. It underpins the whole of modern microelectronics and has answered many basic questions that had long defied straightforward answers, such as why electricity flows easily through wire but not through wood. Yet Dirac's eyes glazed over during talk of the practical and philosophical consequences of quantum physics. He was concerned only with the search for the fundamental laws that describe the longest strands in the universe's fabric. Convinced that these laws must be mathematically beautiful, he once, uncharacteristically, hazarded the unverifiable conjecture that God is a mathematician of a very high order. The ambitions of Kurt Hofer were more modest than Dirac's. Hofer had made his name in cancer and radiation research by carefully carrying out experiments and then trying to find theories to explain the results. This was the conventional bottom-up technique of the English naturalist Charles Darwin, who saw his mind as a machine for grinding general laws out of large collections of facts. Dirac a classic example of a top-down thinker, took the opposite approach, viewing his mind as a device for conjuring laws that explained experimental observations. In one of his greatest achievements, Dirac used this method to arrange what had seemed an unlikely marriage between quantum mechanics and Einstein's theory of relativity in the form of an exquisitely beautiful equation to describe the electron. Soon afterwards, with no experimental clues to prompt him, he used his equation to predict the existence of antimatter, previously unknown particles with the same mass as the corresponding particles of matter, but with the opposite charge. The success of this prediction is, by wide arrangement, one of the most outstanding triumphs of theoretical physics. Today, according to the cosmologist's standard theory of the early universe, supported by a wealth of observational evidence, Antimatter made up half the material generated at the beginning of the Big Bang. From this perspective, Dirac was the first person to glimpse the other half of the early universe, entirely through the power of reason. Hofer liked to compare Dirac with Darwin, both English, both uncomfortable in the public eye, both responsible for changing the way scientists think about the universe. A decade before, Hofer was amazed when he heard that Dirac was to move from one of the world's leading physics departments at the University of Cambridge in England to take up a position at Florida State University, whose physics department was ranked only 83rd in the USA. When the possibility of his appointment was first mooted, there were murmurings among the professors that it was unwise to offer a post to an old man. The objections ended only after the head of department declared at the faculty meeting, to have Dirac here would be like the English faculty recruiting Shakespeare. Around 1978, Hofer and his wife Ridey began to pay visits to the Dirac's on most Friday afternoons to wind down for a couple of hours after their week's work. The Hofers set off from their home near the campus in Tallahassee at about 4.30 p.m., and took the two-minute walk to 223 Chapel Drive, where the Dirac's lived in a modest, single-story house, 
a few paces from the quiet residential street. At the front of the house was a flat, English-style lawn, planted with a few shrubs and a pindo palm tree. The Hofers were always welcomed warmly by Dirac's smartly-dressed wife, Mansi, who laughed and joked as she dispensed sherry, nuts, and the latest faculty gossip. Dirac was painfully spare and round-shouldered, dressed casually in an open-necked shirt and an old pair of trousers, content to sit and listen to the conversation around him, pausing occasionally to sip his glass of water or ginger ale. The chatter ranged widely from family matters to local politics at the university, and from the earnest utterances of Mrs. Thatcher on the steps of Downing Street to the most recent sermon from Jimmy Carter in the White House garden. Although Dirac was benign and receptive during these conversations, he was so reserved that Hofer often found himself...